0: Did you know that one in six children from the ages of six to 17 experience a mental health disorder each year in the United States? Did you know suicide is the second leading cause of death among people ages 10 to 14? No, I didn't either, which is why I wanna take this opportunity to pause from sharing my story. So today and all this month, Join me as we honor May as Mental Health Awareness Month by sharing information, resources, and maybe even some listener stories. I'm your host, Christina Marie, and this is You Can't Choose Your Childhood. Welcome to episode two, where we are going to switch gears just a little bit. When I realized it was Mental Health Awareness Month, I felt an obligation to share some statistics and other information about the mental health crisis, because as we all know, knowledge is power. And the only way we will truly understand the severity is if we educate ourselves and then act. Throughout this month and beyond, I want to ensure that this is not only a space for me to share my story and continue my healing journey, but a place where I can share resources for all of you and invite you all to share your stories. So before I begin, I want to remind you that if you would like to share your story, please email me at youcan'tchooseyourchildhoodpc at gmail.com or direct message me on Instagram at youcan'tchooseyourchildhood. And don't forget to follow. I would like to put in a little bit of a disclaimer right now. This episode does discuss suicide, so if you are not in a place to listen, I will see you next time. As of 2023, 17% of youth experience a mental health disorder. That is roughly one in every six children. You think that's a frightening statistic? What's even scarier, that's only what's reported. And out of the 17% of youth that reported having a mental health disorder, only 50% received treatment. In articles I read, I continued to see a common theme, that children of minority and marginalized groups are at a higher risk of a mental health disorder due to factors completely outside of their control. This means race socioeconomic status, sexual orientation, physical ability, and more. This to me is obvious, and so I began to question, why is this not something that is taught? Why do we not find out about these differences that have put us at a disadvantage and created immense mental health issues until the damage has already been done? Why is it that those who live a more privileged life are not expected to be taught about how others may grow up. I do not know what the answer is, nor do I have a fix. And some of you may be thinking, well, a kid should just be allowed to be a kid and not have to worry about all of that. But the reality is, many of us listening to this podcast right now are the ones who suffer traumatic and debilitating mental health issues because of it. A lot of us found ourselves blaming ourselves for the very things that we have no control over. I only have one parent because my dad didn't want me. I don't get to play sports because my mom doesn't love me. I don't get to go ca- go to camp this year because I'm not cool enough. And the list goes on. I want to share a personal story that was really eye-opening relating to this topic of different family dynamics and social environments And how it even impacted an adult experience. So let me set the stage for you. Uh, I was about 21, 22. Uh, It was in a classroom of over 20 people uh, studying a trade. And we had been in the program for about six months. So five days a week, eight hours a day. I would think as likely you would that we knew each other pretty well and we felt pretty comfortable with the group. Uh, This morning in class, our educator wanted to do a icebreaker. And so we sat in a circle and she asked us the question, what is one thing about your past that you would change if you could? And depending on who you are, this could be a fairly deep question um, for me, uh, I went straight to my unhealed trauma. Didn't know that that was what it was at the time. but uh, And when it became my turn, I said something along the lines of, I wish that I wouldn't have grown up with a mother that was an addict as a single parent. And I shared some of the struggles briefly that uh, that environment as a child posed um some challenges. And after I was done talking, someone said, "Wait, that really happens?" and the room was silent. And then she said, "I thought that only happened on 8 Mile." meaning the movie for those of you who didn't get the reference. And I myself have joked about my mom reminding me of the one and only Kim Basinger in that role uh, because my mom's name is Kim and there are some similarities. However, this person had never heard me say that joke. Uh, This person was nowhere near close enough to me for me to take that as a lighthearted way to engage in conversation And ultimately, it highlighted how different environments can really shelter you from what the rest of the world goes through. And thankfully, me being someone who can have an open mind and look at the situation from multiple perspectives, I was able to just quietly say, yes, if you have questions, let me know one day, and I'll, I would be happy to answer them for you. And we moved on. But when you hear that story, you can probably see why I wish that at least as young teenagers, our youth would be taught about the many different family structures their friends at school may be a part of, how those structures and socioeconomic differences can impact their families, And how racial and cultural differences cause additional challenges, all because of things that are completely outside of that child's control. And then maybe take it a step further. How could those more fortunate friends and families help and support? Going back to the story I shared, I honestly kind of felt bad. I felt bad for her and anyone who grew up thinking like her. Thinking of the bubble she had to have grown up in and how it likely lacked diverse perspective and individual thought. As much as growing up with a strong, solid family, money, and a supportive community was likely a very positive experience, I would have chosen my life, the adversity that I faced, And the lessons I learned. It has taught me perseverance. It has made me agile. It has prepared me for the worst. And it has made me appreciate the small things in life. Now, in addition to the mental health disorder statistics, let's take a look at suicide. Suicide is the second leading cause of death among 10 to 14-year-olds. And the third leading cause of death among 15 to 24-year-olds. A staggering 45% of the LGBTQIA community have serious thoughts of suicide. That is nearly half. Our incredibly brave LGBTQIA youth are nearly four times more likely than straight youth to commit suicide. Higher rates are reported by those of color than their white peers. Being a part of the LGBTQIA+ community, I want to share three things that made a significant difference in the child's decision to not attempt to suicide. The child was 50% le- less likely to attempt suicide if the child felt high social support from their family, if they found their school to be accepting of the LGBTQIA+ community, and if their neighborhood community was found to also be accepting. What this highlights is it is the child's environment as a whole, the complete picture, not just the parents, not just the school, not just their softball team or their volleyball team, not just their neighborhood. This brings me to another personal experience I had. Now, this personal experience is actually extremely heartwarming. So I'd like to just preface it with with that. Uh, I bought my house in 2016 in a suburb that's very close to Detroit, and I wanted to buy a pride flag. But when I had purchased this house, the 2016 election had just came to a close. And not to make this political, I'll just be very brief about this part, but my entire street was flooded with Trump signs. And I was across the street from an elementary school. And I had mentioned to my partner that I wanted to put up a flag. And so I purchased the flag, I purchased the pole, uh, and it arrived. And she was like, oh my gosh, that's a big flag. And I was like, well, what did you expect? And she was like, I guess I was expecting like one of those little garden flags. And I was like, oh no, no, no. And so she willingly helped me put up the flag. And shortly after we put the flag up, we had two girls that were just taking a walk, stop at the house, knock on the door to tell us, how incredibly happy they were, and what it meant to them to see that flag on our street. And that wasn't the only time. So, of course, naturally, emotional, um, and knew that putting that flag up meant something, not just to me, but to the children walking around the community to feel heard, to feel seen uh, shortly thereafter, One of the gentlemen that walks around the neighborhood all the time ended up taking his niece on a walk with him one day when she was visiting. And the following day when he came by, he didn't have his niece with him, but he he happened to stop by the house intentionally to tell us how much it meant to his niece to see that flag flying on our house. And those two moments, no matter... If any sort of hate came our way, whether it be someone throwing something out of a car window or someone spray painting something on our garage, the difference that we made to those few girls that had the courage to speak up made it worth it. And I guarantee that as people drive past our house or more children walk past our house, that they feel that same acceptance and and feeling heard and feeling seen too. And that means so much to us. So the big learn from that story is actually quite small. It is the little things we can do to help people feel seen and heard. The flag, a bumper sticker, speaking up when someone is being treated poorly in a line at the grocery store, Smiling at each person you make eye contact with, waving to the person who let you merge in traffic, asking someone how they are to truly get a response other than, I'm good. And believe me, you can tell when that question is genuine. All of these little moments add up. These moments of kindness, they cost next to nothing, but they mean everything. Thank you for tuning in to this episode as we start off the month of May with a conversation about mental health. Provided in the show notes are references from the statistics I shared during the episode, as well as an article about ways to volunteer your time for mental health. There is also mental health screenings for adults and for parents of children who may be showing signs of mental distress. While waiting for the next episode... If you have any follow-up questions, suggestions, or anything else on your mind, please send me an email or DM me on Instagram. Contact information, as always, is provided in the show notes. Have a great day.